AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elia Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Up until recently, people used to say the term black actor referring to our greats. Uh, Female comedian when talking about comedians who, you know, were born with a vagina. Um, But we're starting to see that less in the culture now. Like people are, you know, getting their just due. Now it's just Denzel Washington, the actor. Period. Comedian Amy Schumer. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to rappers, do you personally, do you still say white rapper? 100%. White rapper is a white rapper. I thousand percent agree. And as long as uh, female MCs are still considered female MCs, everybody has to wear their label. Why do you think in rap it's so archaic when when referring to hip hop? They like we still have these very archaic, unprogressive. I'm not sure. I think that's just how the culture traditionally has always been. Just and late. when you're a minority within something, they're always gonna add. Whatever your minority thing is. The specification. So if yeah, if it's female, then it's that. If it's white, it's white. If it's black, you know, like, when you do a job application, it's like you got to hire a certain amount of African-Americans, <laughs> so they make you check that box. Like, you know, it's like... It, that's it's very a, sharp. It's that, a, that's very sharp. That's it's a, a very thing, man. It's a thing. So, uh... Well, today, on the what, that is the question that we're going to try and answer fully and completely. Do we still call white rappers white rappers? Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What's up, guys? And welcome to the What Hip Hop Questions, Legends, and Lists. Mouse, today's topic I know is one of your favorites. (laughs) Why are you making that face? Just because you skipped over saying hello to D-Block and A-King. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. But no, it's too late. We're here. No, no, yo, shout out to our... No, no, shout out to... You you brought it to my attention. My (laughs) apologies. I'm just so excited because I know how much you love... Can you just say hi to our producers? Based off our previous combo... But, of course, shout out to our producers, A-King and D-Block. And the uh, producers, not just any which, producers. Not just any producers. Okay. Go ahead. Take it away. You've been Top 10 podcast okay. producers. Okay. You feel me? You feel me? About it's not a game with us. Nah, seriously. Maybe top five by the time this is Aaron. Ooh, I mean. We get spicy. Who's not to say <laughs> when you got producers like A-King and D-Block? Nah, seriously. 
big, big salute and thank you to you guys. <laughs> thank you guys for all y'all hard work when it comes to us. I know it's not easy dealing with us. I know well, it's not easy dealing okay. with him. Also, shout out to Dave and Weezy from WTF Studios. Weezy could go to hell. Shout out to Dave, though. No, no, no. We're not shouting out Dave because he keep bringing us the mini waters, bro. But it's we not his fault. It's Weezy's fault. That's why I didn't but say But he's it. supposed to put the complaint in. Dave, we're taking a shout out back. Yo, it's only Dave. <laughs> Dave we're, we're, I actually agree with her at this point, and we are retracting. We are Sorry. retracting our shout out. Hopefully next week. Hopefully next week you got this shit together. We got some full waters. He said no. He's not enough. He does not care to be shouted out on this podcast All probably. Right. The only time we will mention David when we're talking about no, half of water. We need to bleep his name out. He don't even deserve this. Shout name. out to B. Yeah. B. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But today we have a very special guest joining yeah. us for this conversation. Special of, guest. We have a guest. Yes, we have a special guest because today we're answering the question. Do Look, we he still read. consider. He got read. He got read that fast. Do we read. still consider white rappers white rappers? We got MC Search coming on. So before he comes on, Mouse, name your. Top 50 favorite white rappers? Zero. <laughs> <laughs> no, my favorite white rapper is the one who said, should I rap? And then didn't. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. So, okay. All right. So, you don't have any... Okay, bro. Seriously? That laugh is just so evil. Like, <laughs> what? Because not only is it a funny joke, but it's really true. I need you to work. Like, I hard. literally want to send thank you cards. You know what? For all the white non-rappers listening to our show if you ever thought about rapping you ever wrote a bar you ever had your rhyme book full of raps that you really felt in your heart was like top raps and you threw that book out so and said i'm not doing this so write into the what dm me dm dm the page uh at the what hip-hop pod i want to send you a thank you card so you don't think white people should be rapping no at all at all you don't There's enjoy, so many other things. You don't you enjoy do. any white rapper. There are I there are certain records that Eminem released early on that I liked a lot. Like to this day, like know the words too. Um, but no, white rappers like straight like up. You like Jack Harlow? No. You don't like Jack Harlow? Mouse was popping. <laughs> Brand new whip just hopped in. No, I think it's really I got I, I think I think he's really, really, really like. He's another guy. Like, I feel like the same way Jack Harlow raps, if he was black, we he wouldn't even, we would never mention him. I don't think so. He's not, he's not like exponentially, he's not like really profoundly good at any. He's a good rapper. He's a, he's a rapper that can rap. Yeah, that's what you want. No, rapper no, no, that can no, 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 When put, you say good you rappers. You put Sweetie over Megan The Stallion and now you're telling me that Jack Harlow's not a good rapper? No, he's just Yo, a rapper. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yo, it's, it's the standship you have for this white man. Woo! No, it's the standship I have for good rappers. But he's not a good rapper. He's just a rapper. Whatever. All right. So if we had to invite. No one. I already see where you're about to go with this. No one. No white There's people. There's no white people. No rappers. No. You know what? Invited where? To the no cookout. cookout. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. This co our ancestors did not make this cookout to invite uh -uh, white people. Oh, not our ancestors. Why it, you have to bring I'm the I'm just saying the cookout. Where, that's, that's where it comes from. The cookout. Did, like. Can you imagine Harriet Tubman looking at our invite list and seeing white people on it? <laughs> She'd roll over in her grave. Roll the fuck over. Well, I'm not going to say that. I will bring Paul Wall a plate, though. Paul Wall can definitely get a plate outside the cookout. Like, he could pull up. I'll give him the address. You're not going to let Eminem inside the cookout? I swear to God. I, security would be... What? 
I would have my, I would have all my homie cousins all right, Miles, nice. whoop his ass on entrance. Like, what? Why are you here? Yo, why you, why you got me sitting next to this man saying all this wild shit? What? I'm just, you asked me, this is the thing about our, our culture. Like, stop asking questions and then feeling away when you get the Yo, answer. Yo, I'm, I'm, I, I, I hear you, but I think the stance is just a little hard. Why is Eminem invited to the cookout? I'm just. And just answer I, the question. Well, I'm going to say this. We have allies. Like, yes, hip-hop is ours. Why is Eminem invited to because the Because of the cookout? impact that he's had on not only our culture, but the entire world and entire worlds and aspects to rap. What, what impact has Eminem had on black culture? He's dropped. Wait, he got albums that are... We still say Stan. Stan Eminem. At the world says Stan. What impact well, has Eminem had on black culture I that would say, say... I didn't say that Eminem had an impact on black culture. I so why are you invite him to the cookout? That, Eminem, is, that is a I celebration Eminem, of all things I black. I said Eminem had an impact on hip-hop. Okay. He's the first, like, multi-million dollar white rapper we've had. Okay. That's an impact. So that makes... So therefore... So that invites... That, that, that means he should get invited to the cookout that is here to... Uh, pre, uh, represent I don't and celebrate black culture. I don't think he should not be invited culture. to the cookout if he's, if he's an ally. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. And this is what I call bullshit on a lot. You guys are so willing to extend these invites and then cry when you're not invited to these same things done by the people you are inviting over here. I'm not inviting the nigga that's running the Grammys. I'm inviting somebody who is a fan. He's of a white culture. man. Let him be. We, say thank you then. Say thank you, yeah, but you but don't have to invite him into our space because the problem is when you invite him to our space, the cookout, like everything, the everything in this world has a capacity limit. No, everything. No, no, please, and, uh, let me finish. Please. Everything has a capacity limit. Yes. Darren? AK. Yes. Yes. Right? Everything. Yeah. Even the park. We love to think of a park as this place, but you can only have but so many people at a park, right? So you inviting that white man means... One black person can't come. Are you okay with that? Don't give it. Don't give me any caveats. I just need an answer. No, I'm giving you a caveat. No, there can't be a caveat. I'm asking a very simple question. You inviting this white man, his presence at this cookout means a black person is not going to be able to come in Who's and get a plate. It doesn't matter because the cookout is not just hip hop. The cookout is black culture as a whole. So we've got a few no shows. Well, then that's some other black people you can now invite. So Post Malone coming with the acoustic guitar. You, oh he's not my god, I'm no. going to like. It. <laughs> I'm not. Oh my god, I'm not mad. At, I'm not mad at Post Malone coming through. But what do you say? Yo, get me off this podcast. I mean, look, look, yo. look, I'm not mad at Post Malone coming through because I'm not saying that I'm personally doing these invites. I'm saying I don't see why they can't come if they're an ally. They're not allies. Action Bronson, he might be no, cooking something he nice. Can cook. He might cook something nice. That's fine. Save your baklava See, or I, whatever that I, shit is. I, that I he can't cooks. really like say yes or no because I'm not really like a fan of too many of the people that were naming. What about G Easy? G Easy coming through with the the Cardi B. Song? Like I don't personally listen no. to G Easy, so I wouldn't no. do it. I don't care if I do. Li you know, one person, Little Dicky. Absolutely not. I don't listen to Lil now, Dicky, so I can't. I listen to Jack Harlow, I know though, Paul, so I feel like I know, Jack Harlow I know about five Paul Wall verses off the top of my head. I and can Paul Wall him. can't come to the cookout. No, he can stand outside and I'll bring him a plate, a really good one, doubled up with the mac and cheese and the yams touching. But you cannot come in here because that would take up space 
that should be for a black person. That's the thing about this cookout. A lot of people think of it as this black Twitter gumption that really doesn't exist, but really it is, it really exists. The cookout is just celebration of all things black, which is not just hip hop. I know it's hard for hip hop people to understand, but there is not just hip hop. That is not, hip hop is not just this broad stroke that represents all of black culture. So I'm talking about black people in medicine, black people in tech, black people in STEM, black people in banking, black people, all of these black people, I'm not going to waste an invite on a white person simply because this is just for us. Also, they don't invite us to their shit. We have to fucking march and, and get legislation to be invited to their shit. They were just fucking buffoonery to me. So the cookout is black. It is for black people. If you're an ally, then you understand that and are not offended by your lack of invitation because you understand that the representation amongst black people is more important than your validation by being invited. That part is true. That whole statement isn't true, but that end part. The entire statement is true. What? That's fine. You have to feel. I don't want to tell a black woman how to feel. You got it. Because it works both ways, but... um, Now, you're going to be very upset when they... Now, how many Bob Mitzvahs have they invited you to DJ at? (laughs) Can Action Bronson no, bring a actually, plate? Can he bring? Can he drop off a plate, Bronson? I, I they're dropping I, off a plate at I, our. I, I will say no because <laughs> that's. I'll be like, uh, uh-uh. uh, because now you're telling me that you're bringing this weird shit that you be cooking. <laughs> Absolutely not. Casseroles and yeah, casserole. <laughs> oh, oh, no casseroles. D Block, what's the worst casserole you've ever been uh, accosted oh. by? I don't like casserole too much. Is there a reason why? Because he likes hip hop. <laughs> <laughs> It was as soon as you start listening to hip hop, you're like, oh, my taste. This casserole my palate for casserole <laughs> has depleted. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. This might be my favorite episode. <laughs> this is good. Good stuff. No, I, but seriously, like growing up, you had to experience casserole. Yeah. What what had been the worst? Like mac and cheese casseroles <gasps> or like, like nasty ones? With, yeah, like, the, na- like with, the one you're just like, why would you do this, Aunt Peggy? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, raisins and shit. No, or, raisins. Oh in the, my god! All right, I'm sorry for triggering you. That no, that's like, creative. That's, that sounds traumatic. No, that's creative. Yo, you remember that meme? You remember that meme on Twitter? It's like no, it's a video on Twitter where <laughs> where's these three beautiful older black women, and you can tell they're at the twilight. Like they have seen it all, and they are sitting here in like this huddle discussing why would one of the sisters put raisins in the in a potato salad. She was like, why would you do that? And she was so perplexed. <laughs> it's like the greatest video I've ever seen in I my life. That. I love that. All right. So let's answer today's question. Are white rappers still white rappers? Let's bring on MC. I mean, we already know the answer. Before we go anywhere. Hip hop is, is obsessed with Mount Washmore. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, so who is the white Mount Rushmore That's what we're doing. Rap. <laughs> Darren is. I see what's going on. D Block. The is, historical. <laughs> D Block has chosen. White, no, I you, can't. Mount Rushmore of rap. He chose violence every step <laughs> of this recording. From the guest list, every ounce of this has chosen violence to fall on me. Not okay. Come on, give me the white Mount Rushmore of all rap. Right, I will not. I will, it doesn't have to just be all artists. It can I'm be producers. Crazy, I'm, I'm going Crazy Town. Okay. Crazy Town is on there because. You talk about somebody living in that in that that intersection of rap and rock and come, my lady, come, come. Oh my, my God, you're that not putting them on the white man. <laughs> Crazy Town is going on there, baby. Um, all right, I know I'm a huge Dame fan, so this feels like I'm b- betraying them. 
Leor's going on the list. Yo, Leor Cohen. Leor Cohen. Leor Cohen is on the white Rushmore of rap. Leor Cohen is going on this. Okay, he. he or signed. Rick Rubin. No, absolutely not. He uh, he bailed out too early. He bailed out early. Um, when he says Leon Cohen, please insert the it's Leor. Please respect him. When you put Leor, what I say? You said Leon Cohen. When you put on Leor <laughs> Cohen, make sure you put the Dexter Laboratory meme of him failing Dame Dash, please. Thank you. Go ahead. <laughs> failing Dame Dash, yeah. Okay, we got two more. Alchemist got to go up there. Alchemist is a great producer. Alchemist has to go up there. Ah, man, I don't... A fourth? I'm stretching here. No, I'm not. Paul Wall, without a doubt. Paul Wall? Paul Wall. Honestly, if we're being honest, just, you know, for the sake of of of, of you know podcasting it could have been paul wall four times paul wall for each one of his legendary verses he has four legendary verses all four of them got got him does he go on with the gold fronts on or? one and then on the other one with the regular fronts the other ones with the ones that illuminate the dark when he smiles like let's not play with paul wall all right i'm doing too much standing for white people yes, i don't have like an extensive knowledge on White people within hip hop. No Beastie Boys on on a Mount Rushmore. Absolutely not. So I'm gonna just base it off of the white rappers that I listen to. Oh, you you actively listen to white rappers, or that I did. No, go ahead. You got it. No, it's cool. I do actively listen to Mac Harlow. Yes, I like his music. I actively listen to Mac Miller. I like his music. Eminem I put on there because I listened to him when I was a kid. And another white person, I listened to Paul Wall also. Can't believe you put Crazy Town with that. Come, come, my my lady. Come, come, my lady. That record is fire. Can we play 15 seconds of that record? Like, that is well within our fair use act. If we have ever played a song... No, I don't want the first song we play on the sit podcast to be my white rapper. <laughs> but if there ever was, it would have been playing 15 seconds of Come My Lady, Come Come My Lady. That record is fire. I think you just like the hook. I think you're right. <laughs> no, he had bars. That verse was bars. Nah, right, y'all fine. Y'all fine. What y'all feeling? Denzel acting like it's not appealing when you all... All right, Such so a sexy, sexy, pretty little thing. Fierce nipple pierce. You got me sprung with your tongue ring. And I ain't gonna lie because your loving gets me high. So to keep you by my side, there's nothing I won't try. What's the I, name of that song? Come, my lady. Oh, no, it's called Butterfly. <laughs> I love to see you appreciate white rappers. This is a rare sight. That's not a white rapper, Crazy Town. This is like... <laughs> not daring. Not daring gatekeeping hip hop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not inviting them to the white cup. <laughs> yeah, I like the head nod that he did. They're saying crazy town is not invited. Not to claiming the white it. Cookout. Oh my, Derek, quick question about this white cookout since we're on the topic. <laughs> What's the uh, what? What is some of the culinary um, feats on display at the white cookout? Probably homemade mac and cheese. Oh God. With Velveeta cheese? No, that's serious. Oh, that's serious. Yeah, I don't bake it, huh? We bake it. Oh, okay. But with Velveeta. With milk. So oh. With Velveeta. So if they have just Velveeta and you bake it, it's going to get that weird little... That's not how you do it. Let's get bit. to our guest. <laughs> 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 Let's get into our guest. It's silly. The, from the legend... I will not front from the legendary group third base. We have MC Search. So we're going to pay some bills and when we get back, we'll be talking to Search. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. 
connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, guys, welcome back to The What. We have a very special guest on MC Search uh, from the legendary rap group Third Base. And we're trying to answer the question today, are white rappers still considered white rappers? Now, um... Before we like get into the debate, I just want to back up real quick. What was or how old were you when you got your first deal? I was 20 years old. 20. And to get it at um, such a young age, like how did you like just tell us your backstory for those who don't know? Um, I, you know, I came up um, at a time before um rap music was on vinyl or just, you know, we had cassette tapes, you know, third and fourth generation cassette tapes of uh, different uh, rappers and park jams. My first day at high school, when I went to school in Harlem, a group that I had loved when I was coming up called the Kango Crew, I got to see in person in the lunchroom. Um, They had a lot of really funny skits and, um, I just, you know, couldn't believe that I was like actually in front of Kango crew. It was like, you know, 
like Rick or Ricky D at the time, Dana Dane, Lance Omega. Um, and you no, know, it was just all in front of me. But um, I'd never seen a white person rhyme before until I saw this dude, Vanilla B, from Brooklyn, um, rhyming in that same cipher. And, uh, you know, it was known, made known to me early on that, you know, this was not something that was for white people. It was just, uh, it was a black art form and, you know, you could listen to it, you could enjoy it, but participating in it was not something that was, um, so it was just a, it was just something that you just knew not to do. Um, and it wasn't until I started, you know, writing my rhymes and letting my friends hear it that they were like, yo, you should battle, you know, and uh, it's kind of how I started was being a battle rapper. So I was going to different projects with uh, my friends and uh, battling different MCs. And uh, it's kind of how I got my rep. And, and it's also how I got my deal. I was in a, a battle for, uh, called the New Music Seminar Battle for World Supremacy. And that's when Russell Simmons saw me and he said, hey, if anybody asks you, you know, tell me you signed the Def Jam. So that's kind of how I got my start is uh, as a battle MC. And that's kind of how I got my reputation in New York um, was just being a battle MC. And, you know, there, there was this kid MC search and a lot of people thought I was Puerto Rican or a lot of people thought I was like, like light skinned black. Like they didn't think I was a white dude. Um, but um, yeah, I just, I just always had it in the back of my head that I was a visitor and um, really wasn't until I got my my recording contract that I not only took a position of not only being a visitor, but making sure that other people knew that I knew I was a visitor I think and taking a, a position about that. I think it's dope, you know, that, you know, people saw you and automatically kind of counted you out, like underdogged you. But then, you know, when it comes to like... Um, like as a kid growing up watching like YouTube videos doing rabbit hole, getting stuck in it, like seeing a white guy with a fade, it's kind of like, oh, wait, <laughs> I've never seen nothing like this, even like still to this day, not like a common thing. So did you catch like a lot of flack for that? And even like the topics that you talked about, you know, very, um, you know, taking a stand in favor of black people. What like did you catch a lot of flack for that? Well, I mean, I had, you know, I had. I had a Jufro, like it was just what it was. I had a big ass Afro from the time I was like 13, 14 years old. And um, my man Subrock, may he rest in peace, um, just one day was like, yo, you know, you could have a hot top fade. And I was like, I don't think that's really gonna stick. And he cut it, he cut my hot top fade. <laughs> and I remember the first time I went out to the land quarter with my hot top, this girl came over to me and she was like, oh, your hair is so fresh. Can I touch your hair? And I was like, no. Can I touch <laughs> your hair? <laughs> I'm crying. What the fuck is wrong with you? What the fuck is... Yo, no, you can't touch my hair. So you got no, an so afro... Just, you got an afro with no hairspray? Seriously? No, no. It just stayed It just stayed that way. Um, just, yeah, I never used any hair products in my head. Wow. I just always had a pick with me. I always had an afro. And then I had a hot top fade and it just... It was what it was. Back in the you day, know, um, there wasn't any social media. So when you're when you're walking around with this high top fade and you're participating in hip hop, 
Was there some type of, any type of conversation, maybe if they didn't have the proper language for appropriation? There was always a conversation. There was always someone who would come up to me and test me. Um, My personal favorite, if you remember, and it might be still this way in New York. I haven't been to New York in a long time, but like back in the in the Deuce days when we used to go to the Deuce to watch Kung Fu flicks mm-hmm. in the Land Quarter, the um, about around Forty Fourth Street, there'd be the black um, Israelites, and they would talk about you know original man, and yeah. they would talk about um, the formation of uh, the planet Earth, and talking about how modern culture and all forms of religion was stolen from the black man. And I remember this one time. I was with my my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife, and we were walking by the Black Israelites, and I, we were just going somewhere to, on the do somewhere. And this dude saw me, and he was in the middle of you know prophesizing, and he was on his, his you know, soapbox. <laughs> and as I'm walking by, he goes, "Oh my God, <laughs> if." I don't see the devil incarnate in front of me, this man stealing a queen <laughs> with the hot top fade and all these dudes turned around. But at the time I was already, I was already studying the saw law community with um, Zev Love X and Subrock, may they rest in peace. And what the Israelites didn't realize was that I had a little bit of knowledge of self. And there's also three questions that a black Israelite can't answer. Um, and I knew those three questions at the time. Hmm. And I said to the, the dude, I said, yo, why, uh, you know, why me? Why would you step to me? Like, you know, you don't even know me. He goes, I know of you. I know, you know what you've done. And I, I said, well, let me ask, let me ask you these three questions. And he, as soon as I said the three questions, his two boys, like their eyes opened up because they were like, oh, he has a little knowledge of self. A man might want to chill for a minute. <laughs> and he was like, all right, devil, you know, ask questions. And I said, all right. I said, you want, you sure you want me to do it in public or you want me to just whisper it in your ear first? Because I don't want to embarrass you and I don't want to play you out in front of, you know, the people. And these people started snickering and laughing. He's like, no, you can say it out loud. So one of the questions was about, and I don't remember them specifically, but one of them was about Abraham. And I asked <laughs> about this question about Abraham and he got real, you could see he was already fucked up. And then I went to the second question and uh, he started stammering. And by the t- that time I was like, you know what? I'm not even going to hit you with the third because you obviously don't realize I have knowledge of self and realize that the black man is God on the planet earth. So I'm going to just take my queen to go get some food and you have a good, nice day. And I said, Shalom to him. And he was, he was shook. <laughs> he was, was shook. You fucking devil. Taking <laughs> our knowledge, using our knowledge against us. Voice getting all high pitched. I was like, you might want to lower your pitch God. You know, you sound a little crazy. Um, but that, that's a know, great I story. Very, <laughs> I would love to see I that was, in a movie. I was um, I was real fortunate because, you know, and I had a lot of friends who knew that I was just a good dude. You know, my, my mother and father, um, may they rest in peace, were always involved in things that were about um, just peace. My mother marched with Martin Luther King at Selma, but was also involved in the World Jewish Congress and helping raise money for Martin Luther King to get some of the churches from the north down to Selma. Um, I always had all different types of people in my my parents' house. So it wasn't, um, 
I didn't grow up with any kind of sense of people being black and white. It was wrong or right. It was always wrong or right in, mm. in my house. So when we talk about the discussion around white rappers, what what is your, uh, I guess, take or what, your, your side, right? Because there that is what they are, right? They essentially are white rappers. But, you know, it's almost as if they want to have a uh, agenda now. You know, they want to have uh, a plight. Um, <laughs> we're, we're the white rappers. So, so funny. Yeah. So, funny. so it's, it's like, what what is your take on that? I, I, I don't know if I have, I don't know <laughs> if I have a take, but, um, I think that, I think it's hysterical for you to even say that white rappers have a plight today. That's the crazy, right. I think that might be the craziest thing I've ever heard. Right. <laughs> um, that might be the craziest thing I've ever heard said. You know, one of the things that I looked at recently that made me happy is I looked at the Spotify top album, top streaming albums mm-hmm. of all time, uh, top 50, going from a billion to 700, 900 million, uh, with the exception of two white rappers. Everyone on there is, is a man or woman of color. Right. Um so when they talk about this white takeover or this whitewashing of, of hip hop, I still honestly believe that there is a, enough of a force of recognition of what black culture is, that it is maintained not only systematically, but um, economically in the hands of men and women of color. You are going to have a balance of white executives and white artists um, the hope is that you have more black executives than white executives, right? And that there becomes this uh, counterculture in the sea level in the music business where the men who actually and the women who know the culture actually control the culture, right? I think there was a period of time there where I think some people were afraid of that, where it might have been like 2008, 2009, where you had like Action Bronson mm. and, you know, some other... Mac Miller and some other people and people were like, oh, here it comes. Here comes the white wave. It's going to take over, you know, black music. Um, it just didn't happen. Um, and as much as, you know, I love Jack Harlow, um, Jack Harlow is like not even in the top 30 on that list, you know. Um, so I, I don't know if it's his, uh, I don't know if it's white plight. Well, no, I think their plight um, is. But, I think their plight is. They're saying they're being categorized unfairly based on the color of their skin. That's uh, just you know, awesome. Lo- love that love. is the awesome. That is the most awesome thing I've heard mm-hmm. all day, and I mean that completely sarcastically. Um, I, I think that a white rapper complaining about the color of their skin probably is the most backward shit I ever heard because they should not even be involved in hip hop if that's how they feel. Mm. Most artists who are of color. Right. Do you think that they make music because they feel like they have another way of getting to a economic uh, equivalency in anything else that they can do in life? Uh, today, I think it's a more balanced. I think, you know, when you came up and before then, no. I think it was, I think it was the, you know, the classic line. You either have a wicked jump shot or you sell crack rock. Um, well, I have an, I have an addendum on that. I just, <laughs> I just wrote it. I have a new, a new album I'm putting out with a group called the co-defendant. Okay. It said, it said, 
you either sold crack rock or had a wicked jump shop. And in 2021, now you got TikTok. Yeah. So, <laughs> so the, the variable, so the variable is that if you are an artist of color, um, you still have a lot of different opportunities potentially to find your lane. Okay. But I don't know if you are still in a place if a young man or woman comes from Alabama, comes from Mississippi, comes from Baton Rouge, comes from a third ward, comes from anywhere else outside a metropolitan city right. where they say, if I don't do hip hop, I can make the exact same money blank. Right, I right, don't right. think that's changed. Definitely I don't not. think that's changed in 50 years. Yeah, no. I don't think it's changed. Mm. So I, I really don't. And now that doesn't mean there isn't opportunity and you're right there. But I think most men and women of color, even to this day in 2021, see the out of outside of their hood being either I'm making music or I'm going to the service. And yeah. I, I mean, and not just just from what I see personally, you might be experiencing something different than what I'm I mean. Seeing. I mean, unfairly, I'm in New York, so it's a little you know what I mean? I think. Yeah. So I think it's I think it's a is a juxtaposition between okay this is what you have access to and this is what you don't know you have this is what you don't you don't have the knowledge to know you have access to right so which still puts them in the same predicament that they are black kids I mean, rapping yeah, for their life not but the point yeah so the point is, so the point I'm trying to make is this so I can't tell you I really can't and it's true right. I can't tell you how many white rappers that I've met who three or four years ago made an attempt at a rap career and now work for their father or work and are making a, a making crazy uh, numbers, a sizable living or went back to school or went or did, again, I'm not. And I really I don't want it to sound like a blanket generalization. It's not. Yeah, I got you. I got you. But I can't I cannot tell you how many white people that I've met who have attempted a rap career who I see five years later and now at our, at a marketing firm right? Yeah. Um, who do documentaries right. who have created some sort of flexibility where they were like, okay, I can't do this, but I can do that. Meanwhile, I can't tell you also how many artists that I've met that don't make it and they are still trying and they're 35, 36, 37, 38, 39, 40, 41. And they're just holding on because that's what they hold on to. Like apathy? No, I wouldn't say like, because apathy is dope. Like, I think apathy is really dope. And apathy is one of these personal MCs, I think, who's actually made a career like Thurston Howell. Like Thurston Howell made a career of being able to put out a certain amount of music that hits a certain level for the rest of his career. Um, but I, I think that there's honestly artists that just are just not going to make it because the right. music's not good and they didn't pivot. And I think it's because they just don't see outside their window anything to pivot to. Let's take a quick break and we'll be back with the what? Hip-hop questions, legends, and lists. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. 
Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes... I guess identify the life that I want and and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I think it's so I think it's so apt that you made the mention of these white artists having the ability to pivot. Right. Because even in music, they do that. Right. You you talk about when you came in um, and then after you, there was the Kid Rocks and they pivoted. Um, there were the uh, I mean, even a guy like Mac Miller, he he had that pivot. Everlast. Um, who? Everlast. Everlast. Everlast, like uh, Post Malone, like there's the, they Post live Malone, in these- MGK, like a lot of these white rappers yeah. have pivoted to, to more rock, pop. Pop, rock. How do you feel about that search when white rappers do that, when they make that pivot from coming and spitting to- Yeah, you know, I think, but I think with, so I think with Everlast, Everlast isn't, he's always been an artist. Like I, I had the, pleasure of knowing Everlast when he was signed to Ron Syndicate, you know, on Everlasting. Like, he was an artist. Like, he was always an artist. Um, I think that when he did Whitey Ford Sings the Blues, I think that that was uh, certainly a left-field pivot. Mm. But he was always an artist. Um, I just think that there is a certain amount of flexibility. I mean, but then again, look, you know, Willow Smith, did Whip My Hair and now she's in a rock band with Travis Barker and got the number one alternative record in the world right now. Like, you, you know, there's plenty of... Yeah, but she was also like 
a kid. Like, you know, that was like a parody act. Not a parody, but like that we weren't meant to take her seriously as a rapper, right? Like when Kid Rock steps on the scene, um, I mean, I didn't experience it, so I, I only am able to go for research. But like when the Beastie Boys step in, like these are people you like these are people who are rapping and are asking for respect as rappers, you know, from a very at the time, very niche market, you know, hip hop isn't so niche anymore, yeah. but back then it was a very niche thing. So if you're asking us to accept you into this culture as a rapper, you know, this very black thing, and then we turn around and it's basically shat on a spat on. It's like, you know, there, there's this, uh, you know, your nose is kind of turned up at hip hop culture. Now it's like, I've, I've ascended, I've, I've elevated, you know, and I think the hip hop community as a whole takes that disrespect because who, Who's to say you elevate from hip hop and you don't? Yeah, no, I, I get you know, that. But, but to switch gears real quick, because I, I know I know we short on time. Um, I wanted to ask you, how do you feel about you know white rappers that are being made by labels like uh, Bad Baby, for an example? You know, who's just like a a girl on Doctor Oz or something like that, wasn't she? On- <laughs> yeah, she she yeah, she was on Doctor. She Phil. was the catch. She was on the Catch Me yeah, Outside. Catch girl. Me Outside. How do you feel about things like that when you see those are trending and like labels <laughs> are actually putting budgets behind this? Yeah, no, I I think it's the funniest shit ever. Um, I think that you know when you look at a, you know you look at a bad baby, um, you know you look at someone who really took advantage of every single opportunity she had in growing an audience. I mean, I was. Even before her deal, you know, this girl was getting $100,000 to host parties in Vegas. Like, it was crazy. I mean, it was just insane. That, just to say, know, catch me outside? I mean, it's the, opportun- it's the, oppor- it's, it's the opportunity. Yeah, so, I mean, back to really the point utilized, of rap is just a lick Yeah, right so she no. really utilized the opportunity. <laughs> she really capitalized come up. on it. I think... Oh, no, she hit a lick. That's a lick. I th- well, know, I, think, I think lick. America loves... America loves... America loves everything about black culture, except for the black people, right? Because if if there was a a black girl yes, on on camera that. doing that, would not be viral. It, she wouldn't be on that TV show. Let's get that. Let's get that right oh, no, there no, no. and there. She would be on. No, that she TV. wouldn't be on Doctor <laughs> Phil. She would not be on Doctor Phil talking well, about catching me outside. Maybe not Doctor Phil. That's what I'm saying. Definitely be on TV doing that. How many? They I, love. I, I push. I push there's back. A, you know what? There's a, a there's an there's a an entire community in Florida where she comes from, um, and I would strongly suggest. I have to find out the name of the city. I don't. I don't know the name of it because I don't really pay that much attention to to where I'm <laughs> right. Right. Um, but there's an entire neighborhood, and you guys should actually do a show from down there. <laughs> I have to find out the name, but it's right from around where, like, she's from the Hialeah area in South Florida, but right, like, more in Central Florida. There's a neighborhood that my homeboy came from, and it's 99.999% white, and they use the N-word, like, in loving reference the way other people use the N-word. I would so love why to- would we go do a podcast I would love- episode down <laughs> no, there? No, no, no. I would love to know where that area is, that yeah, because that is the part that's getting blown here's up. The, because here's <laughs> the thing. Here's the thing. They, they don't see it as a word that is derogatory towards Black folk. They just see it as a loving term that they use with each other. So when you see another white person say the N-word, if, do if, you stop them? I don't see people who ever use the N-word who are oh. white around me, ever. Like, ever. Um, 
you know, my kids are African-American, Puerto Rican, Polish, Jewish kids, and they don't use the N-word. My wife is not having that. Um, but I don't think I've ever been around white people who have used the N-word. And supposedly in this town, wherever this town is, like, it's just. I mean, I believe it. Florida is a shithole place. So if you ask me, <laughs> if you no, ask me, no, 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 I'm, I'm, that's Florida. fine. But they're not there anymore. So the point, they are still the point is that Florida is such a shit. There's some good parts of Florida. There's some good parts. Shout out to Tampa. If there's one place, if you were to shout ask me. Shout out to Tampa. Shout out shout to Orlando, Tampa. Windermere. If you, if some you really were good to, parts of If you were to ask me at the beginning of this interview, if you were to ask me, say, hey, Mouse, there's a city in the United States where it's nothing but white people and they all use the N-word. You'd be, you'd be like, where Wait, is that place? I was at Florida. I said it has to be in Florida because Florida's a shithole. That's why. Oh. Yeah. But he's not also, saying that inward. There's also a city like that. There's a city like that. Uh, there's also one outside of Tennessee. Look, See, but they're saying I the inward that, differently. They're not saying. Right. You're saying the city. Right. They're not, they're not using it. They're not saying E-R. Yeah, it's not E-R, exactly. It's A-H. Listen. And, it, that, and that's just, but that's how, but see, but that's how they, so, so here's the thing. So you take hip hop, you take an insulated, insulated community. Yeah. They're poor, so they're not leaving their block. All they listen to is hip hop. All they see, all their heroes are, you know, Shy D, Mac Dre, NWA, Nas, Wu-Tang. It's all they grow up on. And that's how they resonate and communicate with each other because they see other black men and women calling themselves that. And it doesn't mean anything. It's not negative. So they use it in a non-negative manner. It's just part of their vernacular. It's how they were raised. Yeah, yeah they should probably like stay there. Un- it's, it's they should not leave though. the city limits with it's that mindset. And I, I don't think they are. I don't think they are. But, you know, again, it's why I also don't know the name of the city because uh, I'm not trying to go there. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I think I think, Mouse, at the end of the day, man, the the conversation mm-hmm. about white rappers uh, being called white rappers you know, at this point in 2021, um, I think that the culture, if you look at the just the statistics of the culture, the culture is uh, very much controlled by the people that created it. Um, it might not be. I don't know. Exactly. I don't know about that. No, it is. And I mean, if you just look at if you just look at the raw data, if you just look at the data, if you look at the the amount of artists that are on the charts, if you look at the amount of streams, if you look at the highest paid artists, if you look at all of that, I'm not talking about the to the music. I'm talking about that. You're talking about the actual culture in which the music comes from. I'm talking about the culture the music comes from. And I also believe that there is conversations at least I'm having behind the scenes, I think in the next two years, there's going to be also a seismic shift in who controls the music. You know, when you look at Rock Nation, yeah, right. you look at Jay-Z, you look at Rock Nation, the rock is his, but Nation is Live Nation. He's still got to go to Michael Rapino. He still has to go to White Man and get a check. Now, they're not going to say no, but Rock Nation is owned by Live Nation. So as much as we look at Jay-Z and we look at him as the entrepreneur that he is, and he's an amazing entrepreneur, there's only a certain ceiling he can go to before he has to request a check. And when my friend said to me, he goes, I want black men and women to get to a point where we cut the checks, not ask for the checks. Yeah. 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 And that was so like eye-opening to me because I never even thought of it that way. 
you know, Rockefeller was Rockefeller was Dame, Biggs, and Jay. Right. That was that was theirs. It was theirs. It changed to Rock Nation when Rock Nation became partners with Live Nation. Now that's not saying Live Nation would ever say no to Jay. Right. But there's only a certain level that Jay can go as an entrepreneur until he has to go to that board and say, Hey, I need blank to do blank. Yeah. You know, so the same levels that we're talking about in terms of free entrepreneurship and yeah. total growth and total ownership, even our biggest entrepreneurs, the most significant entrepreneurs in our culture still have to go that one step above. Well, I think we're going to get there, you know, like hip hop. Oh, the next two years. Hip hop is, the, yeah, we're getting my, older. My so. words, the next two years. Trust me when I tell you that 2020 was the great accelerator. That if you were going to fail in five years, you failed in 2020. 2020, 2021 were the great accelerators that I've never seen so many entrepreneurs um, pivot and literally say, you know what? I can't sit by and watch this happen. I'm going to now make a change, yeah. make a significant change. And a lot of those men and a lot of those women behind the scenes, in the next three months, there's going to be announcements made where you're going to be like, oh, shit, that's what Serge is talking about. And it's going to be amazing for the culture. And it's going to be amazing for Black entrepreneurs. It's going to be amazing for men and women who are of color to control the destiny and cut the checks instead of asking. I agree. That's why we're on this podcast with the Black Effect Podcast Network. Shout out to Charlemagne. Shout out to Um You know, uh, Issa Mm Rae has been doing that, coming crazy. Yep. Um, and, uh, Kevin Hart, it's a lot, it's a lot of people doing great things. So I, I am happy. And I think that, you know, somebody has to do it first. I think Jay-Z's, you know, to let it, but Amazing. he has to what do he's, that. What he's done is nothing up. short of, uh, what he's done as a, as an entrepreneur is, is nothing short of astonishing. Definitely. And, uh, it's just really, uh, it's an amazing machine that he's built over there. Yes. Serge, thank you so much for joining us today. No, my pleasure. And this was a lot and this was a lot easier of a conversation than our last one. So I appreciate that too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're not <laughs> threatening me and you're telling me my voice wasn't getting raised. But if you need my address and you want to come down and fight a fair one, I'm <laughs> listen, I'm in I'm in yeah, shape. That's listen, that ozone we might, market him. Listen, Serge, can you tell us what See, what, let me tell you something. If I knew he was from Queens, maybe I'd give him more of a pass. Brooklyn, Brooklyn, Brooklyn. You know, she Brooklyn. said Ozone Park, so Oh no, no she, said, she thought you were from South Ozone. Oh no, Far Rock. He's from oh, Far, Far Rock. Rock. Far Rock. Okay, <laughs> from Alcatraz. Got you. Search, we know you got a podcast out. Can you tell us what, what the, the name of that podcast is as well? Oh yeah. Um, well, I mean, I have uh, my wife and I have a podcast company called the Timeless Podcast Company. We just did uh, our first season uh, called Did I Ever Tell You the One About Big Daddy Kane. Season two is Did I Ever Tell You the One About MF Doom? And then I have my Search Says podcast. So um, we have a couple more shows coming out, but uh, excited about that. That's dope. Congrats. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you, Search. We'll be tapped in. All right. Thanks, guys. No problem. Yo, thank you so much, Search, for coming on today. That was definitely a good and insightful conversation. Mouse, did you learn something? I learned that there's a town in Florida mm. where white people go around saying the N-word. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much all I learned. That's pretty much all I learned. I'm glad you guys got to have that convo, though, you know, after y'all clubhouse debate. D-Block, make sure you get that address, too. He said he wants to give me his address so we can shoot the family. Oh, my God. Copiers. Thank you. Um, but, yeah, um, it, I, 
One thing I will give him credit for is back in the day, he did say black cat is bad luck. Bad guys wear black. Must have been a white guy that started all that. Which to me, it gives me, I don't want to say the word hope. White people don't hope in me. Don't go on the same sentence. But it gives me a little insight to know that he was, you know, early, the early version of woke. Right. Um, so, yeah, this is a he woke line. He was an ally. He said he was learned, right? He was learned. 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 Enlightened. Enlightened. Yes. Mm, that's a strong term. Learned. Yeah. Which means somebody gave you some information. What, what is your take on that, though? Like, on this allyship, you know, when, when artists, white artists specific, any artist, honestly, when any artist says anything that is in support of a, another community, how do you feel? I, I like that they acknowledge it. And I think if you're an ally, you should stand up in that because, you know, you stand for something or fall for any or fall for stand for something or fall for anything. And um, I think that, you know, if you do it, you just got to be true about it. Mm. Don't just do it because it's trending and a hashtag is trending and you want some views or something like do it because you actually mean it. If black culture means that much to you, then really stand up, really invest like Envy was saying and show people how to do more. Things. I think that's a perfect way to end this episode. Word. So we will see y'all. Do we still call white rappers white rappers? Oh, yes. Yes. To answer the question, not yeah, but hell yeah. To infinity and beyond. (laughs) Matter of fact, we need, when when you ask that question, I want to hear, Dave, I want to hear Stone Cold, hell yeah. That's what I want to hear. I want to hear, give me a hell yeah, hell yeah. Nah, but you white rappers, you're white, okay? Definitely white rappers. But don't go around calling people black rappers. I know the fucking stupid stuff y'all do. So don't be like, oh, okay, so I'm going to call you a black rapper. It. You I'm gonna, white rappers? I'm going to beat your ass. I'm not going to hold you. If you walk around calling people black rappers, I'm going to beat your ass. Nobody's doing that. Miles. That's what I'm saying. But you be making up scenarios, No, because you have, to, you have to account for the mindset. Somebody's going to hear that and be like, oh, they oh be white well, if I'm a white rapper, then I should not call you a black rapper? No, no, no. Black it's rappers. Only, it's if they only say the minority that, you, that gets a title. Punch the fuck out of them. It's only a minority that gets the title. Listen, talking about this much white people in rap is starting to make me sick. So can we like just end this? All right, cool. So thank you guys for tuning in today. Of course, each and every Monday, me and Mouse to be here on the what? Hip Hop Questions, Legends and Lists. On your iHeartRadio app or wherever you listen to podcasts. Yes. Shout out to A-King and our main man, D-Block. D-Block. He went through it today. He got a new name though. What is it? What was the name? Is it a new name? We called him a new name? We didn't give him a new name. Yes, we did. D-Money? White producer D-Block? No, that was not it. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. Man, white producers it. I love. More white producers. <laughs> Make white producers great again. I'm pissed I don't remember the name. Well, we got we to gotta pull no, that that's, audio. No, that's actually a good thing then. Let's never... Uh, like that. No, I, I liked it. Probably wasn't a good one. Yeah, you're so mean. Listen, one thing about D-Block, he's... You told about somebody who's really for us. Yeah. D-Block sat in the... He sat in the hot seat. D-Block sat over there <laughs> on a Darren Cam and was yes. hot, and, boy. And is willing to deal with your crazy ass. It's us. We're together. No, no. Yeah. Your crazy okay. ass and my, you know, just amazing. Anywho. He, he really got <laughs> Yo, the, like there, if there was a cam on Darren, right? Or maybe. We're going to get a GoPro for you. I'm going to tell the audience. I'm going to tell. I'm going to tell. But wear a hat. I'm going to tell EA <laughs> to make this clip of like. The thi- like it should be a clip of us talking, me and Search going back and forth, and a meter, and like um, just a meter of how red Darren was every time he was getting nervous. I was about to say something, like Darren was like, he kept doing this. Whenever I see Darren rub that bit, I'm like, oh, he's nervous. Yeah, <laughs> mouse is a handful. Lord have mercy. Well, that's why we got two hands, right? We'll see you guys on Monday. Later.
AT&T Connects and Ode to Podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elia Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. Well, how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 